Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome. We just got into New Orleans, what, like, mm. 18 hours ago yesterday? Yeah. Um, we're having a great time. This looks to be an amazing, this, this, this does not look like it's going to be an amazing couple of days. I don't even know where to start. This is, this is only, this is my real first trip to New Orleans. I've only went once when I was really young on, like, a vacation. We stopped through here for, like, an hour, but... Ah, uh, this is really cool so far. See, I'm a little annoyed because they got they got to be in the same house. I know. We love this. It's, we're like, it's awesome. It's I was Hufflepuff colors. Hufflepuff colors, colors went out. Silver and snake went out. This really puts us at odds because you know, we're used to you know. But it's about the houses. But now we it's like, what's going on? This is they combined the whole puff and silver with you guys. You know. You think? Yeah, we don't like this whole. I like my stand. This is cool. I'm just saying that maybe it has to do with Gryffindor. It is Gryffindor gold. And Ravenclaw? Are you guys? Is that it on the other ones? I guess red plus the blue, the Gryffindor plus the Ravenclaw. This would be purple, right? What house are you in, Melissa? You can't even pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? You know what it sounds like? It sounds like that, um, what's, well, anybody watch Smallville? What's that place where all, like, the meteor freaks are sent to? Belle Reve? Yeah, I was probably, I can't pronounce it the right way, so. Belle Reve is... You're a good you're not like, all TV shows. I have a few shows I enjoy. That's awesome. Anyway, this has been great coming here. I just think it's awesome. Look at all these costumes! Look at the costumes, y'all rock! Home, but if we'll put pictures up on Leaky, and it's just amazing. Pictures of costumes. Yes, yeah, send all your pictures, please, to what images? Thank you, guys. Images at the Leaky Hotel. Yes. This is my staff over here, by the way. Part of the big round of applause for Leaky staff. We couldn't do a darn thing without these folks. <laughs> Not one. It's really embarrassing how little we can do without them. We spent this morning um, really seeing New Orleans. Uh, I gotta give a huge shout out to the people who were with us at the Habitat for Humanity trip. Oh my god, hold on. Farmer's tan. I have to apologize to Melissa. I was I was done with the task. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, hold on. You have to apologize to me? Yes. This does not often happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you have to apologize to me? This does are we gonna are you gonna show them what I did to you? No. No, I'm not, but okay, continue. I was I was dubbed with the um, honorable task of applying Melissa's suntan lotion to her back this morning. <laughs> I was distracted and lo and behold, a funny shape of red on my back right now. There's a huge red patch of, of sunburn on poor Melissa's back, and it had me thinking, oh, I was thinking about this. I could have made like this snake. It would have been really cool. I would have gotten fired, but I would have had a hilarious picture out of it. So I don't know. It might have been worth. He also would have had a very hilarious bruise out of it. <laughs> So much fun. I would have had a very interesting time finding somewhere to sleep the rest of the time here. But, oh. No, you wouldn't. Ah, I had a very easy time. But anyway. I said interesting. I didn't I, say difficult. Can I just say, I 
say though about the habitat thing that for me I, I have strong ties to the city and for me this was this is an emotional trip and so for us to go out there today to see still after all this time that the amount of work that still needs to be done and the great work that the habitat people are doing and volunteers are coming is, is very striking because it really really needs a lot of work i mean we were in areas that look literally like a war zone that are you know how homes are still gutted and, and they're overrun and and yet people have come back and they're still living in trailers right next to the their destroyed homes and it's yeah. just very it's a very powerful image to, to go see it i mean because i work in, in television and it's just um, watching it when you watch it at home and it's, and it's just it doesn't begin to to capture really what's going on so i think you have to have you do a great job thank you guys thank you for I mean, you see these houses destroyed and you think there's no way anybody's living there, you know, and you see the, the, the trailer next to it. And I was actually, while everybody was banging and pounding and nailing, I went over between two fields, two property lines. And I was just standing there staring at this house that it was so destroyed. And somebody came out of the trailer and I just was just staring in amazement that people were actually living and, and, and still... and. Yeah, and that you can live in that. But anyway, we had a great time acting the carpenters. I think we had a couple of bruised thumbs yeah. and a couple of split nails. Oh my gosh, we have two podcast exclusive videos to come from this trip, all starring Miss Sue Upton. We didn't really have video cameras with us, but you know, I, I felt like taking out the old camera phone. And I captured 15 worst. seconds of Sue frustration. Uh, why is it? Yeah. This is the, the, the Sue Upton, I can't get a nail into a board face. <laughs> <laughs> People yeah. listening at home, when we put this podcast up, just wait. Yeah, some, somehow it ended up turning into a Slytherin's fault that the nail wouldn't go in. So, so now let's, let's be clear about this. We had like little teams, so you're like working in twos, and who was my partner, but Mr. John. We made a great team, yes, Sue. Come and on we, now. We, we actually did a lot of work, we got a lot of stuff done, but I'm not technically skilled at most things, and I am not Bob Vila, and I cannot do the things ever. And it I was hard. It was hard. It took me a while to learn how to do this. I know it sounds stupid, but whamming those nails into these, you know, wood is real. Can be tricky. There's a science to it. Trying hard. John, what is the science? Getting frustrated with the nail is not going to put it in the wood. I don't know. She did a good job. <laughs> she got frustrated. It was like, boom! It's true. It goes right in, and then they're like, think of something you have, like, frustration. Get it out, and bam, John. And it went in. <laughs> you know, it's a hard, sad truth when you realize your hero was the one responsible for enslaving all the house elves. <laughs> it's a hard one. So. This is the month of Hufflepuff, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, I won't get on the Hufflepuff thing, but it's not. Yes, you will. Okay. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. But yet again, we just had Mona Sprout's birthday too. I mean, this is a whole. The, the, I'm, I'm, Sue's, I mean, Sue's right. There's a does anybody know? There's a theme going on. I'm just yes, the Hufflepuff. Hug the Hufflepuff. Mona Sprout. What, what were the other things? Tom. Tom. The Hufflepuff. Is that not the coolest? Thing? Okay. It makes a lot of sense, though. Now, if she would have said that Dollish was a Hufflepuff, then she would have had a few letters from Dollish. Dollish. Did we saw Dollish? Did y'all not 
check it out on the uh, UK and the US um, Warner Brothers websites have been updated and they have a bunch of new pictures and we saw dollars. Now I realize that he's described as probably looking the way he does. He does not described at all. Like I, at thought all. He, I thought he described having like some gray hair or something like silver. I don't know. Help me out. Anybody? No one, no one cares any about dollars. I just pictured him younger, you know, maybe in his early 20s, maybe of, you know, Italian heritage, and I don't know, I was a little disappointed. Now, Richard Lee's gonna do a great job. I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, he has his people and my people have been in touch. I've heard great things. So. He's in the movie for like negative 0.2 seconds. No. <laughs> No. no, actually, what you didn't see from the trailer is that after Dumbledore transforms, you know, with Fox into the fire and he goes away, Dallas chases after him, and he, you know, he turns into like a like a tornado kind of thing. It cost seven million dollars for that effect, and it was worth it because it was for Dallas. Seven million dollars for Dallas. Yep, worth every cent. I'm gonna ask, dear WB, is John Dewey crazy again or what? Hope it doesn't cut. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sad. That was great, though. You know. Seeing Dollars. Seeing Dollars made my day. I gotta say. How was yeah, the airport? Dollars, 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 dollars. Yeah, okay. I'd rather talk about Snape. Well, you made our little list here. What was his name? Snape, Snape. Snape. Has everybody seen our awesome Snape buttons yet? The good Snape, the evil Snape. Thank you, Heather Campbell. Thank you, Heather Campbell. Big McKinney, McKinney, McCooney. McConey. Who's not here at this, you know, this convention, but okay. I think she'll be a prophet. Snape good. Misunderstood. Poor tragic child yes. in his family. Yeah. Ooh. Subject of many fan fictions. <laughs> what? Is it what? Is it drag queen? We have a vote for Snape the drag queen. Wow. It's canon. It's canon. You know, I mean, now his grandmother, come on. He is canon. That is true. Are sponsored by the lovely people at Borders. Who, who... Let me tell you, we've never met a bunch of more enthusiastic booksellers in our lives. Borders is just so into this, and they put out this book. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. The Great Snape Debate. It's rocking. We don't have ad copies, so we're making it up. Um, it's all the all the all the cases, all the things that we just discussed about are right here. Orson Scott Card wrote for this book. We have Joyce Millman, Amy Burner. I mean, this is really a fantastic. And Sue knows much more about it than I do, so I'm gonna let her. Because I've been reading it like religiously. Like I go out, okay, I'll come back, post something here, go read a little bit more, and then I argue with the book. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm arguing with the book, and this is kind of scary. You talk to the book? Kind of yell at Tom. You know, maybe. Huh? You see his brain. 
There's an evil bastard something. What is this? It's like a cobra. There's it's it's like Jafar coming out of the closet. Yes. It's awesome. I'm wondering what he was up to. Two sides. One side, you have all the different things that you believe that his and his guilt, and and, sure. and then they have the side for the innocence. I don't know. See, my mind is that he's just you know when you have your you're pretty much convinced, and then you read the opposite side that you have some good points, and then you find yourself arguing. So it's it's really funny. I don't know. I ha- the only thing I'm gonna be I'm be honest. Problem I have is that movie canon is not in my mind. <laughs> Movie canon, canon. Come on, we know, right? Well, it's mixed now, though, isn't it? Well, when we've been hearing things that's like have been included in the films that have been confirmed, you know, from Joe and from the supplementary canon right. that we don't have. There's other things that may just be that would look really cool, but that it. So, it's, I don't really know. So, but it was really interesting though that they brought up the point about that scene in the Prisoner of Azkaban, which we were all kind of surprised we saw when Snake text trio from the werewolf and I don't know if we can I don't know I mean how do y'all feel do you think that that's actually a good sign say yes or no yeah all right how about this say yes Yes. no No. is is no purely because it's the movies and we just can't yeah Yeah. okay maybe the director said like hey wouldn't it be fun if you jumped in front of the kids yeah the whole thing was screwed up because he's supposed to be like passed out and stuff. Yeah, he's I like mean, running around, you know. Look at that. I'm so confused. I'd like to point out that John just did a shoulder dance to running around. But that's what's neat about that book, though, because they do they cover it so all the different from the, all the way through, and it, it makes you think about it. I mean, as you go through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still I heard that uh, there was some significance from the numerology on page uh, 394 that he chose and asked him. You guys didn't read that one? No. No, that's what I heard. Oh, turn to page 394. Yes. Has there really been numerology done with fans on that number? Tell me no. Please tell me no. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, tell me no. Somehow I suspect this is another John Noe version of... See, that might actually surprise me. And it takes a lot. Um, what do you guys want to see happen to Snake? Yeah. Die. You think he's a dead man walking? Dead man walking. Die early or just die sort of... So you would like to see some really horrible things happen to Snake. Sacrificing himself for Harry is a very popular, very popular thought. But no, we have the people that want him to die for that, the people that want him because they think he's a bad Snape, and that he needs to be, you know, get his comeuppance. Oh, it's Snape. So, I don't know. You know what I'm always curious about? I'm not jumping off. We're still talking about killing Snape. Yeah, there are other spells you could use to kill somebody other than the killing spell, killing curse. That what would be the most interesting way for him to die? Because you know you have you have things like you can like use you, know, you can use like first second year spells. You know you could use like the like, yeah well and it, you could Gorgio like you know his heart or something. Okay, that'd be crazy. His heart or something. Well, we, we've come up with a couple of ways that we think that Snape can um, <clears throat> end up. 
And so we present the first ever Powdercast Top 10 list. Thanks for our friend, Severus Say, but I'm gonna have John start. Uh-oh. We start at 10 or number one? How does this work? No, 10, John! Oh. oh is that why it's 10 first? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, number 10, Fate from Mr. Snape. Bothered, bothered, bothered. Oh, how's this? Yeah, okay. I'll, let's do it go. Okay, oh, okay. Fine. let's do one. I see, oh. I really like this one because he really needs this lifetime fashion advice from Queer Eye from Street Guy. <laughs> fab. A fab looking stuff. <laughs> I personally think that number eight is my favorite. Okay. He will become Winky's Butterbeer Anonymous sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> you think Snape likes Butterbeer, right? No. I think it's too, you know, it's, yeah. Gives it that warm feeling that Snape doesn't like warm feeling. Well, he drinks it all. Snape food. Well, do vampires drink? Snape's a total alcoholic. I'm sorry. Do vampires drink? Blood. Mm. Does he drink it spinners end? Yeah, that's right. He has like that. Right. That's fancy. He's not like the port and stuff. You know, he's like, you know. <laughs> Can you imagine Snape in there with his wine swirling around his glass? <laughs> Being all classy Snape. I don't know. I don't see that. Number seven. Okay, number seven. Number seven, top fake for seven. I can't. This, this, I always stutter when I say this. Weasley Wizard Wheezy's test subject. I think they would quite enjoy having him as their test subject. I bet he's probably going to succumb to something from the Weasley Wizard Wheezy's and Deathly Hallows. No, no, it'd be awesome though. Wouldn't it be like if, like, if we had like. Brendan Forge gave him, like, you know, those nosebud nuggets and all what that What an answer death for Sam. Well, sorry. the Weasley twins are going to create all kinds of inventions to help with the war effort. Don't you guys think that? I think they'll be totally useful. But we have a top ten list to finish, okay? Okay. This is my favorite. <laughs> I know I did. Spends the rest of his life as the head of Oh, he's not gonna be nice. <laughs> we have one! No, Rejected from the Hufflepuffs. And him forcing being forced to accept others would be sweet. But he's not gonna do it, that's the point. He's gonna be the most. Hufflepuffs wear a hat. Like the happy moment? There's a Hufflepuff hat apparently, so did you know this? I did not know this. Why don't you own one? Sue's going to check the internet tonight for the Hufflepuff helmet. Coming next week to the Powdercast P.O. Box. Callthinshop.com. The top fifth, five, fifth. Number five. Top five, fate, this is hard to say, for Severus Snape. Grob's new English instructor. <laughs> Snape has all kinds of patience for, for a one-on-one tutelage. Especially with a half or a giant. All right. Oh gosh, you gave me this one. Number four for Mr. Snape. Interesting choice of words. The a eternal haircut from Mr. Sanjaya. I think I think he definitely has plenty of hair to work with. Pony tattoo, the pony bob. I want to see that fashion. Can somebody make it? That'd be awesome. The pony bob on Snape. That would be Pony bob. Oh, the seven. He had seven ponytails, Sanjaya. Oh, the hog. 
Those are all sure. And the number three fate for Severus Snape. The number three fate for Severus Snape is a cuddle puddle with Draco and the Malfoys. Slashers rejoice. <laughs> the number two fate for Snape is Chief Pruner for the Whomping Willow. The Whomping Willow doesn't like to be pruned. Are we ready? Are we ready? Uh, who's got the drums? It's time for the drums already. No, it's time to leave. It's the end. The number one fate for Snape. Two words. Buzz cut. Well, as you guys have seen, we've just already heard from our friends Brian and Matt, from, who, wait, no, I'm going to do it right this time, because if you've been listening to Pottercast, I've been screwing it up every week, every week. Matt, who is the Whomping Willows? <laughs> Brian, who is from Draco and the Malfoys. He's a Draco, and the Malfoys in England, with those other guys. Who? Who are those other guys? We don't know. Anyway. Welcome. Thank you for coming to Pottercast. We finally had you on. I've been telling you that we were going to interview you for... Since July 5th, 2006. Yeah, I suck. I'm sorry. 2006? That's more than yeah. 13 and a half weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. Okay. Anyway. These guys are going to be performing shortly. The beginning to what's an amazing summer for you guys. You both have new albums. You both are going on a massive tour. So who wants to start? Tell me about it. Where? Tell me about your new album. Whoa. Um, okay. Well, I um, yes. Earlier this month, released a new CD called "Welcome to the House of Awesome," uh, and it's basically. Um, new CD, and I'm currently on a tour, like a two-week or 18-day tour, uh, promoting that album, and this is going to be the most awesome stop ever, and um, I'll be touring in July and August, um, and part of that tour will be with Alex of the Remus Lupins. He's gonna actually have like a full band. It's gonna rock. It's gonna be like he rocks, away, but it's gonna be even more rocking. He's oh, there he is. Okay, hi, Alex. Hey, love Alex. Alex is an old Pottercast pro. Yes. Yeah, see you, Drake Morgan Malfoy's have a new CD coming out too this summer. It's called Party Like You're Evil. We are hard, hard at work on, on the CD, and it it's uh, coming out great. If I have to say so. So, um, and um, young Draco, if you're listening, I miss you. Uh, I miss you too, but I never see you, man. So call me. But he's not a Draco right now. No, he's a Weasley. He's a Weasley. Oh. Yeah. Draco Malfoy is off touring Rockstar style in England with Harry and Potters. So, yes, yeah, speaking of our other band, we're going to be touring with them um, extensively this summer for about four weeks um, from July 20th, which is uh, going to be uh, the Deathly Hollows bash of the year in Boston, Massachusetts. As opposed to the next one. 
next year's Jeffrey Hollis. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to interrupt you for a moment saying that I'm going to be playing two um, awesome bashes on July 20th, both in Ohio. And Alex is going to be playing one in L.A. Three! <laughs> Alex owns. And I mean, pretty much every Wizard Rock band is playing one where they're yeah. from, or except and for me, because I'm going to Ohio. Since we're doing tour information, we're, we'll are we be on going tour. If you haven't heard, we're going on tour. How many shows? 23 this summer. 23 shows. That's podcast. Anyway, um, we're starting in our first big live show is what, New Mexico? Albuquerque, New Woo! Mexico. With Harry the Potter, actually. <laughs> so go to slash story. We remind you every week. So, back to the CD. Favorite song? And tell me about it. Well, I've, I've got a couple favorite songs. One is one that Bradley wrote called uh, The Power of Love, which is in response to a Harry and the Potter song. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's about how Draco can love too. And, uh, and basically, well, here's how the, the chorus goes. Um, I love my mom, I love my dad too. We all love Lord Voldemort and we all hate you. And, and the other favorite one is we're working on a title track for the Party Like You're Evil. So the song is Party Like You're Evil and it's sort of a, an anthemic kind of um, Beastie Boys, Twisted Sister, so uh, kind of, uh, we're really looking forward to releasing the CD. Can I just ask you, do you think Draco's going to die in Book 7? I don't know if he's going to die. My hope for Draco in Book 7, regardless of, of his fate, um, is that he proves that he can um, have brave bravery as, as a good part of his character. Oh, so you think he'll do something noble? Maybe. I, I think we saw a little glimpse of it. Yeah, at and, the end, because um, he couldn't. Yeah, that's, I mean, so what do you guys think? Do you think Draco is, is good? Do you think that he'll do something good? Yes. Yeah. Draco dead by chapter three. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. I can't give not being able to kill Albus Dumbledore good points. I just can't. Maybe not evil points. I still I think it's ludicrous. Like, I just of bravery. I'm not saying it was really... Uh, um, I'm not saying it's a great act or anything, but it, it, it kind of hinted that there's more. There's more to him than just being bitter and mean. And what will you write about? What, are you gonna are you gonna turn into like a loving band? Oh no 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 no! That would be awesome. No, just because he proves that he can be brave does not mean he's gonna love that attention-grabbing Potter. Okay. So I have a question. The Whomping Willow and Draco Malfoy, who wins a fight? The Whomping Willow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. He has a little fight. No comment. <laughs> okay, well, I think it is just about time to hear from one of our, one of our two lovely guys over here. And we're gonna hear... Whomping is gonna grace us first. Do we have to leave the stage? Do we dance? What do we do? Absolutely crazy. 
but I just want to start by saying thank you so much uh, for letting us do this. This is really awesome, and uh, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, this first song is about an event that happened to me a while back. Um, I've kind of gotten over it, but I wrote a song about it at the time, and it's called Your Flying Car. Each other. 
and they seem to have kind of a preoccupation with each other. Um, this song addresses that preoccupation. Um, it's called In Which Draco and Harry Secretly Want to Make Out. And this song is on my new CD, which is over there for sale if you're interested. The new CD, and um, basically, 
give you some background. Uh, I have magical internet access at Hogwarts. Um, Dumbledore hooked me up with that, and I took I took an online sorting quiz that put me in Hufflepuff. And, and um, so I asked Dumbledore if I could be in Hufflepuff, and he said no um, because I'm a tree. And. And yeah, so I decided I'd start a new house, which is all inclusive. If you're in like Slytherin, or if you're in, if you're in Hufflepuff, or whatever, you can join my house anyway. It's kind of outside thing, um, outlaw, if you will. Uh, it's called the House of Awesome, and this is a theme song. Tomorrow at the Storyville event. Um, to see you there. 
And um, okay, my last one is Cedric had it coming.
jam session right here. Which is basically anybody here who's a wizard rocker, we're gonna sit around, sing songs, you know, that kind of thing. And no more sad songs about Hufflepuffs. Aww, we found out all the Hufflepuffs. Thank you. We gotta bring the Hufflepuffs back into it. We got a little game to play with you guys. This is a very fun game. And I'm not just saying that because I thought of it. Yes, he is. Okay. This is a game that I'm sure many of you, it's not unique to me, but I play it all the time in the car while I'm traveling with my family. And it's like, most my family all loves Harry Potter pretty much, so we like to quiz each other about how much we know and you know how much smarter we all are about it than my sisters and all that stuff. So how this works is that it's, it's like a duel. And for it, we are going to bring up some people to duel on their knowledge Ooh, who wants to duel? about Harry Potter. So, who thinks they could win a duel with their knowledge about Harry Potter? I think it would be quite fun to bring a Hufflepuff versus Slytherin up here. That sounds fair to me. Okay, all right. Um, we're each gonna give you each a mic. John's gonna explain the rules. Okay, this is how this works. We're going to pick a category. And when we bunch of pick the category, let's, let's, let us say the category is Hogwarts students. Okay. We're going to start with one of you and you're going to name one Hogwarts student and then we will go to the other person and they will name a Hogwarts student. It will go back and forth until one person cannot think of any more Hogwarts students. Once that happens, that person is out, the other person wins a small prize, perhaps a snake button. One person will have something cool, I don't know. Do they have to all be current Hogwarts students? No. Anyone mental? Well, you're gonna have like graduate or members. from Prisoner of Azkaban who can catch smoke with his bare hands. Oh yes. If you can give us his name, then that would certainly count. They have to be canon characters, and they have to be um, in Hogwarts at the time of one of the seven books, six books, seven books. Well, we're gonna have all the Or members out there then. Okay, yes, okay. People, okay. We, got, okay. we have another category that are order members, so this is just Hogwarts students from books one through six. And who gets to go first? Harry Potter. Ron Weasley. Hermione Granger. Ginny Weasley. Dennis Creevy. Fred Weasley. Colin Creevy. George Weasley. Ramil Devane. Lavender Brown, Ernie McMillan. <laughs> Morag McDougal. <laughs> Hannah Abbott. <laughs> Cedric Diggory. Susan Bones. Cho, Cho Chang. Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Percy Weasley. Oliver Wood. He's a keeper. <laughs> I've run out of Weasleys, haven't I? Uh, five, eight, seven, six, five. Neville Longbottom. <laughs> Luna Lovegood. <laughs> oh, 
Stage always goes first. Okay. Kelby. Phoenix. Hinky Punk. Dragon. Red Cat. Crumple Hood and Snorkat. <laughs> Dementor. Narvel. Centaur. Oh. House Elf. Hippogriff. Snake. Niffler. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. Okay, what? Basilisk. Does that count? Basilisk. Basilisk, I suppose, will count. It's in the book. Basilisk certainly is. I don't know if snake is in the book. Nardini. is a snake. All right, snake. Is Nardini magical? We don't really know that for sure. She might be a Lorcrest. Yeah, maybe she cooks. Measle. Red cat, nasal. Oh, very good. Oh, what, 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 what was that? I believe that was already said. Very good effort, very nice. That's a hard one. That's not an easy one. Who else wants to play? Who's gonna baffle us with their knowledge? Well, let's get Orange Cape in here again. And my lovely transcription note. Have you ever transcribed yourself playing a podcast contest? Never. It's the first time for everything. Category is members of the Order of the Phoenix, past and present. James Potter. Lily Potter. Mm-hmm. Mad Eye Moody. Molly Weasley. Kingsley Shacklebolt. Arthur Weasley. Dollish. Why wouldn't he be involved? This didn't take very long. Oh, snap. I wasn't thinking. Oh. I'm sorry, we're just going to see our first That's okay. Very good effort. 
us. Who thinks they are a very good Slytherin? Over here? Come on up. Who thinks that they identify with somebody who spends their times in dungeons, perhaps somebody good at a particular brand of magic involving... This is the potions category. Ooh, wants the challenge. Okay. Go for it. Euphoria. Felix Felicis. Draft of the Living Dead. Polly just potion. Nice. Beard Serum. Does Weasley Wizard and Weasley's count? The what now? Potions. They're love potions. Oh, they're, uh... Well, not the brand, yeah. Weasley... Weasley's Wizard and Weasley's Love Potion. Audience? Yes! Audience, yes or no? Yes! Yikes. Mikey, yes or no? Mikey says yes! Jinx's spells. If it can come from your wand, it counts for this category. Closest to this side of the stage. Go ahead. Lumos. Expelliarmus. Hand over them. This will be fun. Sectum Sempra. Abiakadara. Obliviate. Um. No helping audience. Stops on the podcast tour. Yeah, totally. I think I want to hear some more music. What about you guys? I think it's time for some 
music from Evil Since 2000 and something. It's our friend Brian from Draco in the Mouth. So hey, I'm Draco Malfoy, year 19. I play in a band called Draco and the Malfoys. I write songs about what it's like to be Draco Malfoy and go to Hogwarts. Mostly we sing songs about how we don't like Harry Potter. So I'm gonna play some songs by Draco and the Malfoys. You messed up in the potions yesterday.
just the right one to represent me on the silver screen.
Of course we didn't figure out the glimmer. Well, Gambit's Dumbledore's so rough anyway. You gave him an excuse to grab Harry and manhandle him a little bit. That's it. We did a song from Brian about Dumbledore manhandling Harry. Idea that that could be that, but honestly, I think it's I think it's that the um, I think it's just the movie. I mean, there's there's points they just want to hammer home because you know we're not bright enough to pick up on it on our own, which I probably shouldn't say, but <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. I mean, yeah. In the book, they make the point that he goes around the desk to look at it. This time travel theory is just. It's 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 persistent. It well, doesn't maybe, go away. You know, it could also have been. What if Dumbledore is? What if Dumbledore is just you know concerned? Oh, you got a cut on the arm. Let me see if it's okay. You got a boo boo. You know? Why would why would Dumbledore? I mean, of course he would be concerned about a stab at Harry's arm. Yeah, they call Poppy. No, what does he have to see? It, he cut my arm. He has got to go around the desk and look at it. But you're right. He, see if it's why would bleeding. He have, why would he have to see it? Why would he have to see the actual stuff? What if Harry, when he was back in time, said, well, I'm sorry, I'm repeating it, said, Voldemort will come back, here's the scar? Right. So it's like further proof. Well, I don't know if Dumbledore needs extra proof. I think Dumbledore believes Harry pretty wholeheartedly. I don't know that. Well, the thing that Dumbledore wouldn't believe is, is you know, seventeen-year-old Harry showing up back? in 1980. You know, that's yeah. that's the okay. thing. That's so I don't know. All right. Well, the time travel theory continues <laughs> and continues. July 21st is probably going to die, so it's okay. <laughs> Orange shirt over here. Guys, this is the last couple months ever we can do this. Do you get that? Uh... Hi, I'm Joanne from Johannesburg, South Africa. Wow. Um, my theory is in the prophecy when they say the one who, with the power to defeat the Dark Lord approaches, that they're actually talking about Snake, who at that moment is approaching to eavesdrop from to over here. And that the prophecy perhaps talks about Snake as well as Harry. And if you actually look at the sentences in the prophecy, they seem to me to alternate. And I wonder what your thought was on that. About Snape. What is Snape? Have we ever heard it on particularly.com? January, January something. 9th. Why does Snape's birthday matter? Duh, Melissa, hello. Well, but he, she's, she's, saying, she's positing that it's two different people that they're talking about in the prophecy. Snape. But, but see, the, the birthday does make a difference because it says it's the end of the month. Who knows the words? Who knows the One person's The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches, born to parents who have thrice defied him, born as the seventh month dies. And the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal, but he will have power the Dark Lord knows not. And I, uh, either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. Woo! Very nice. Excellent. Wow. Very nice. That ending part, we also know neither can live while the other survives. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like a fan 
future going into, yeah, I think that sort of shoots it down. But, but see, that does, yeah, because of the birthday. And, you know, don't you think, though, who, who have they, the Potters, thrice defy? Voldemort, that's what I want to know. Kind of Snape's parents defy Voldemort? No, if they, I mean, you can't imagine Eileen Prince, I you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I the know. one that was doing them potions being so. Yeah. It's an interesting theory, though. Yeah. I love it. Alright, who's next? Oh, I was reading a book, it's like the unofficial guide to Harry Potter or something. I forget. And it mentions how Dumbledore's name very literally means white bumblebee. And could that be how he becomes invisible? An Anamagus Dumbledore bumblebee? I've always liked that. A bumblebee Anamagus Dumbledore. And it, is that how he becomes invisible? I don't think Dumbledore would say I was invisible unless he was really... Yeah. Right. I become very small. <laughs> and can sting you. <laughs> With my mind. No. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie has just invaded my body for a second there. Um, <laughs> knows. What do you think? thought that Dumbledore got around the castle because he used an invisibility cloak or his his beard as some sort of the strands from the <laughs> like his like beard it. extends and like wishes no, all around him. No, no, no. Ed, what's that animal? You know, that they make the invisibility cloak out of. There's just yeah, demigods. See, like he's part demigods. Yeah, like his parents bred with. I thought it was a cloak as well, but I like that. Yeah. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Kristen, is it possible for a human to breathe with the dummy guys? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it from Kristen. Well, I have a question for Kristen. Oh God, don't ask. I'm going to. Do y'all know what a wombat is? The wombats? <laughs> I haven't got my code yet, actually. Have you taken your wombats? Did y'all say it? Kristen has literally answered this question that's coming to the game. What's the number up to now? 278 times. And she answers it differently every time. <laughs> it is never more amusing than watching Kristen answer emails. One day I'm going to post them all, and you know, just Kristen's blog on Leaky. Anyway. Joe, we won our wombat. We want to be tested Sunday. This is a, a fun little theory that I had. Um, you know how when Harry... Great emails start that way. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my well, little theory for I mean, it's, it has really no bearing on the, on the whole series. It's just fun. Uh, <laughs> you know how when Harry goes to hide in his potion book in the Roman requirement, he uh, just finds a few little things, and one of the things he sees is a heavy, blood-stained axe. I think it would be really cool if Harry found a way to help nearly headless Nick completely sever his head. Oh. And that axe was the actual axe that was used to kill nearly headless Nick, and it's required in order to complete the sever. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Never had that theory emailed. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. What I love about that 
though, is that the idea that there's all these tiny little things to, to finish, and that it's not only a matter of filling plot holes, but giving giving good endings and retribution to all the little characters that we love. Like, nearly this thing, I would like his head to be taken from his body. I can't believe that's a good ending for him, but it, it really is. I would like him to join the headless hunt. Like, all those little, you want Luna to find the purple horn snorkaf. You want, you know, Neville to just be happy forever. You know, stuff like that. And I just really hope we get a lot of that in book seven. Joe. Or Hogwarts in history would even be better. Any other questions? We got time for one more, I think. Alright, we know that James and Lily obviously defied Voldemort three times, and there's been a lot of talk about that. But what about the Longbottoms? They also thrice defied Voldemort. What did they do? They were awesome. They were awesome. They were awesome. Nice. Yeah, one day apart. And is it allowed why everyone thinks that Neville is going to be the one that defeats the Dark Lord? Neville. Can Neville end up being the one? Well, the way Dumbledore explains it, no, because Voldemort, it was up to Voldemort. Whoever he marked would be the person being talking. It's like backwards logic. Whoever he marked would be the person they were talking about the prophecy, and so he marked Harry, and that's it. It's Harry. Here's a brain buster. If Voldemort marked Neville, would the book still be called Harry Potter? <laughs> would a book called Neville Longbottom really sell that much, you think? No. I can't wait for the newest Neville Longbottom books. That'd be awesome. Mm. This is more of a conundrum, but... Uh-oh. Oh, very... Well, it shouldn't be that long. I don't think there's enough information to do it, but... <laughs> in the very beginning of Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, everybody knows that Voldemort has been sent away very quickly. Within, like, 8... It's like 8.30 in the morning. There are owls everywhere, and people are wearing cloaks in public, and people are shooting off fireworks. How did the wizarding world learn in eight hours that Voldemort was really gone? <laughs> you know, I, re I recall the quote about having them having something better than the internet. And there you go. I, mean, I just want to repeat her comment. She said they have to leave the they did have the the webs. The webs. That actually does make you wonder if, if, if there's some kind of special spell to like disseminate this information for I don't know the dolphin. But then how come McGonagall didn't know? You know, it's a, it's a good true. point. How yeah, did they find out McGonagall was unsure? Everybody else is sure. She spent the day on perfect drive where nothing ever happened. Yeah, she was a little... She was grooming herself. <laughs> Ew, I don't want to think about the plot <laughs> Whoa, not going there. <laughs> you got the eyes from Sue. Okay, well... Huh? The wireless? I mean, I guess to be made that some people take a little bit of information and just run with it and run wild. Rumors become fact before anybody confirms them, as we know. Look at people that <laughs> appear in other people's houses at the, with just a thought. You know, they could... Yeah, it could happen. And nobody has to confirm. That's why McGonagall's more sensible than that, so she doesn't believe it until until Dumbledore. Yeah, she's like, is it true? Is it true? Well, yeah, 
Somebody puts Voldemort's name and he gets called if he was in his own house and this Goblet of Fire calls him out. He's what happens? You know? If the contract can kill him, that would have been an easy way to get rid of him. Nobody's everybody's stumped. I'm right into that one, I think. More ways than one. The red over there. They didn't make up a whole other school for Harry. Yeah. The, the, the comment was 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 that if, if the goblet wouldn't pick somebody who is, um, didn't but if there's only one person for the goblet to choose from in that school, that's how they got Harry. I just don't buy this magical binding contract stuff when you can. You, the laws you are absolute. You don't even have to have put your name in that. What kind of contract does any lawyer would tell you? <laughs> it's a little dubious, right there. I'm saying. Anyway, um, how many of you guys have your schedule like all set for this weekend? <laughs> Shout it out. What are you most looking forward to going to? Whoa! We have a wizard rock. What? Apparently, <laughs> there'll be some butterbeer. This is a family show. Um, is is our friend? I'm not sure if she's still here. Is our friend Amy Tenbrick still here? Come, please come up, Amy Tenbrick. Let me tell you, she's running this here convention. Woo! Conference, conference, not convention. 
we've exchanged like maybe six emails a day for the past three months or something like that. She's she's amazing. She's made this process so so awesome. And I just want to talk to her for a few minutes about the wide range of things you can do here, and then we'll have another song. Cool. Thank you. Hi everybody! This is Amy, guys! Amy. She's responsible for all of this, so... Thank you. Thank you. So how's it going so far, do you think? How's it going so far, do you think? I think that's how it's going. <laughs> so tell us about the next couple of days and the, the, the things that you just have been working on so long that you just can't wait to see 15 months. <laughs> 15 months it takes to put on a conference? Months. Tonight at midnight, Headmistress Vicki Dan is going to be giving a lecture about the first movie right next door, and we're showing the movie. Tomorrow morning at 9, we start our daily programming. We're running nine tracks of presentations, panels, roundtables, workshops, all about Harry Potter. Hey, we're, we're doing some, by the way. We're Saturday. doing some. Yes, Saturday. Shouldn't forget. Uh, we're doing a, a panel on podcasting. And one on journalism, fan journalism, being a fan journalist, which we have some interesting stories of late that we could tell you. So, so what's it like to see this all come to fruition? Oh, it's incredible. You know, you spend 15 months engaged in detail after detail after detail. I mean, you look at hundreds and hundreds of presentations on colonialism and how to make a butterbeer cork necklace and slash and what it's like to write it. And then you start seeing pieces come together and it's it's simply amazing. And it's hard to see the forest for the trees until we get here and we see a thousand of you and you're so excited. Well, thank awesome. you so for having us and for creating this awesome space. I literally, I mean, like the last thing she needs is to hear from me saying, hey, can we do another event right after Pottercast? Is that fine? And it just rolls with it. So and I said, why yes, yes you can. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So thank you very much. And I think that to close the show, we're gonna do a very special number from our, our friends, our Wizard Rock friends. Hang on. Thank you guys. Hey guys. We need something from all you people who have been so polite and sitting down while they've been doing a discussion. We need you all to stand up. These people know what's up. Just get on your feet. Rock out with us a little bit. Um, I'd like to introduce Alex from Remus, the Remus Lupins. Lauren from the Morning Myrtles. Brittany and Christine from the Parsons. You know, we made a lot of jokes tonight about um, the band Harry and the Potters, and in all seriousness, um, none of this would have happened without them. So, um, we'd like to play a song by Harry and the Potters tonight. I thought we were going to talk trash about, about the letters Drake going off with. Come on. So this is a song because they, they couldn't be here with us to rock out with you guys. They didn't love you as much as we do. That's the truth, frankly. We love you more, so we're gonna play uh, this song in honor of them and our love for you. We may have lost serious black, but we're not turning back. We will fight till we have won.
I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 